seems like today's gospel is about mean Jesus. The first time we hear this gospel, we can say, what on earth is Jesus doing? This woman comes and she's pleading that he cast a demon out of her daughter, and Jesus says nothing. It seems like he ignores her. And not only that, he goes from ignoring her, so it would seem, to insulting her. It's not right to give the food of the children to the dogs, right, you dog. And we can hear this gospel passage and say, what on earth is Jesus doing? Jesus Christ, who is all about saving what is lost. Jesus Christ, who's told the parables about the good shepherd that leaves the 99 in the desert and goes in search of the one lost sheep. And it seems like that one lost sheep begs Jesus for a favor. And Jesus says nothing. It can be a troubling gospel passage. How often in our lives do we beg Jesus Christ for good things? And I'm not talking about, Lord, you know, please give me a train for Christmas or please give me a Ferrari for Christmas or things like that, which is like, well, the Lord's probably not going to give you a Ferrari for Christmas. But many times we ask the Lord for good things. Lord, watch over my child. Lord, heal my child. Lord, I need a job. Lord, I am struggling to support my family. Do something. And how many of us have had the experience that we're begging Jesus Christ for something in prayer, and it seems like all we get is silence? Nothing. And we beg him and beg him and all we hear is nothing. The early church fathers, the early Christians, have always seen this gospel passage and the reason for Jesus' silence as Jesus strengthening the faith of the woman who is coming and asking Jesus for a favor. Some, many times Jesus apparently is silent and doesn't answer our prayers because he wants us to grow. He wants us to really want what we're asking for. Right? How often you as parents, your children ask you for things. And at times you want to hear them ask again and again. Well, sometimes you want to hear them ask again and again. And other times you wish they would stop asking. But when they're good things, you want to see that your child really wants it. You know, Lord, Dad, I, I, Mom, I really, I really want this. Let me try out for the football team. No, I don't think, I don't think. That's a lot of discipline. No, Dad, come on, let me play football. I'm three. No. And you're like, no, you're going to get killed. And he's like, Dad, no, I'm big now. I'm three. I can play football. And there's a part of us that's like, yeah, we're tired of him asking, but there's a part of us that's like, man, I'm proud of my son. He's, he wants this. Even though it's hard, there's discipline, he wants it. And the early church has always seen this passage in that light. But I want to throw something out to you for your reflection that maybe we miss in this morning's gospel. Notice what the disciples say to Jesus. 
Jesus, send her away because she's calling out after us. They don't say, Jesus, send the woman away because she keeps calling out after you. Remember, Jesus had given the power to cast out demons to the disciples. This woman is asking for a demon to be cast out of her daughter. Why don't the disciples do it? Clearly, they understood that they could, and yet they come to Jesus and they're like, she's bothering us, send her away. She's calling out after us. And I believe the disciples didn't do anything because she was a pagan. She did not believe what they believed. She did not think the way that they thought. And therefore, they wanted her sent away. How often does that happen to me? People that bother me, people that don't think like me, I prefer to send them away. Lord, could you just get rid of my neighbor? My neighbor just, man, they're crazy. Lord, could you please get this car out of the left lane? Can't this person see that everyone is passing now on the right lane? The left lane is for passing. The right lane is for slow people. Lord, could you just please get this person out of my way? Over and over again, at work, at home, it's just people that bother us, people that don't do things the way we do. And we don't have to go far. You can probably look at your spouse or your kids. Chances are they do not do everything the way you do it. And we're like, oh, I just wish they'd go away. And Jesus, I believe, in part, yes, he's strengthening this woman's faith, but in part, he keeps silence. Why? Because he wants to work through them. He's like, for crying out loud, I gave you the power to cast out demons. This woman has a demon, and Jesus is just, he's not saying a word. He's kind of looking around going, okay, she has a demon. I gave you that power. Are you going to do something? And the disciples fail the test. Send her away. She's bothering us. We get to the second piece of this gospel that bothers us. And Jesus says, it's not right to give the food of the children to dogs. Okay, the silence piece I can get, that... There's no excuse, Jesus. You just called her a dog. And hopefully you can follow me here. I don't mean to get intellectual, but it's very important what I'm about to say. In any piece of literature, we lose tone of the voice, we lose body language, and most especially when we're not reading it in the original, we can lose the entire meaning of what's being said. The Jews at the time referred to pagans as dogs. That's what they called them, kind of like we refer to Australians as Aussies. Right? It's just, that's just the way they called them. Yes, it was derogatory, but that's what every Jew referred to the pagans. We are the chosen people of God. Everyone else is a pagan dog. It's a dog. They're a dog. 
They're, they're, they roam the streets. They're not part of the household. They are these street dogs that are out there roaming around. We are the people of God. And that was the, the, God's people. That's the mentality, the mentality they had. Not because of God, but because of them and their sinful humanity. So Jesus, who obviously is surrounded by his disciples now, speaking to the woman, he uses the language that was prevalent at the time to refer to this pagan woman as a dog. But what's interesting, if we go back to the Greek, which is the oldest translation we have of Matthew, the Greek word for dog would have been kion, where we get canine from. But Jesus doesn't use the word kion. Matthew doesn't write kion in Greek. He writes kinadios. What's the difference? In English, for us, it's the same. Jesus actually says it's not right to take the food of children and to the household puppies. It's the diminutive form of dog. Kind of like when we say dad, and then we say daddy. When you use that diminutive form of the word, it takes on a whole more affectionate feel. Instead of calling her dogs, he uses that, that concept that the Jews had, the apostles, and he says, she's not a dog, but I'll use that word and I'll change it in such a way I will call her the household dogs. It's not right to take the food of the children and give it to the household dogs or puppies. And we can imagine this warmth of tone in Jesus' voice, which then spurs the woman to say, even the household pets eat the scraps that fall from the table of the, of the master. What Jesus is saying is, those people you thought were on the outside are part of the household. We go to our first reading with this all finish. What does Isaiah say? What is God saying in that reading from Isaiah? I will make my house a household of prayer for all peoples. Here at St. Margaret of York, this past year, the number of families that have registered this past year has doubled since the previous year. There are people who are starving for the Lord's table. And my invitation this morning is don't push away the people that bother you. Don't push away the people that maybe don't think like you. Don't push away the people that maybe don't believe the same things you believe. But bring them to the household of the Lord. That truly we can say of St. Margaret of York, this is a house of prayer for all peoples.